Super Talk Mississippi media production. Come see your locally owned and operated Linton Glass for all your glass needs. No matter what glass you need to replace, you can count on Linton Glass. Call us today at 601-835-4336 or find us on the web at lintonglass.com. His passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank Studio. I really enjoyed that conversation with Jeff Duncan. We're really, really lucky to have access with him. Now let's shift gears and move over to my friend Michael Borky, who's on the Sports Talk Mississippi team and someone I've, I've visited with not long ago, and I, I'm excited about having him back. Uh, without any further ado, how you doing, Michael? Man, I'm, I'm doing really well. I wish the rain would go away, though, but other than that, doing really well. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, it's, it's a soaking across the state of Mississippi. Hey, listen, uh, one of the things I talk about on the show a lot is for people to go to supertalk.fm and sign up for the newsletter. I think more people should do that, and you would love what you see because what's happening with local media outlets all across the state is they they have to f- fill their news feeds with news that's not from Mississippi. That's the way they fill space, sadly. But if you go to supertalk.fm, what you'll see is a news feed that's filled with Mississippi news. And I would encourage you to go click on the sports when it, where it shows you how to navigate. Click on the sports uh, emblem. You, you can go, you can dive deep and get state, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, Jackson State, high school, whatever you choose to get. But if you just click on sports, you'll get the re- most recent news. And I'll just read you, just to kind of give you a feel for this. Um, This is something that we just posted. Southern Miss takes down Coastal Carolina 79-63 for the third straight win. Next one, Ole Miss dominates at home. Mississippi State falls on the road. It goes on from there. Rebel Report podcast football gets two huge portal commits. Hoops dominates. Thunder and Lightning, which is another podcast we have, extraordinarily successful examining Mississippi State's defensive chart. I mean, I could just go Next one's about about Millsaps, another one about the Rebel Report, the Eagle Hour for Southern Miss, as Coach Will Hall owned. And you know, there's a great story about Mississippi State uh, baseball player is going to be an officiator. It's going to officiate the Super Bowl. Um, and it goes on from there. But, um, I mean, we, we're doing a really, really good job of covering statewide sports. And when we talk about sports in Mississippi, Michael's part of that team. And there's a lot of fodder there, Michael, to talk about, isn't there? Oh, especially this time of year. And college football has given us a, a bit of a gift because there's – this is usually a downtime in college football. At least that's what it used to be. And now it just, it never stops. You've got coaching turnover happening in an unprecedented way with Saban's retirement and the butterfly effect that that created. So Saban retires, Kalen DeBoer goes from Washington to Alabama. Jed Fish goes from Arizona to Washington. You had San Jose State's coach go from San Jose State to Arizona. Kenny Amatololo, who used to be at Navy, is now at uh, San Diego State or San Jose State, forgive me. And so we had that cr- just that new cycle come out of nowhere. Harbaugh just is off to the, the NFL, but then of course the transfer portal. Uh, even though you know people have mixed emotions about it, the news is just not stopping. So we have all this football going on. And oh, by the way, you mentioned the basketball games. Uh, pretty good night for Mississippi last night. Mississippi State did not. Uh, performed particularly well uh, in Gainesville. But Ole Miss and Southern Miss won. Baseball is just a few weeks away. 
it's, you know, no, nobody feels bad for us in what we do, but it is a, it's, it's hard sometimes to figure out what to focus on because there's so much. So I'm, I'm going to sit here after we hang up and kind of figure out, you know, what's first and how much time needs to be spent on each thing because there's so much stuff and there's only a, a small amount of time to, to get to it all. It's a, it's a luxury uh, to have for sure, but it gives me extra work. And again, please don't feel sorry for me, nor should you. <laughs> hey, Michael, I'll tell you something interesting that you may not know about me. I was born in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, my dad worked for, it was a traveling salesman for a company called Lee Lightner, and that eventually brought us to Mobile, then Pensacola, and then Gulfport. But I was in Gulfport by the time I was four, so I consider myself kind of a native. But anyway, um, you know, being from Birmingham, my, my dad's family, my mother's family, um, you can imagine Alabama was uh, Alabama football was a big part of the conversation, and so some some of some of the family members went to University of Alabama. Some never did; they were just you know had their own businesses. But you would never know it. You'd never know it that they didn't go to Alabama because they had big Winnebago's with roll tide, roll tide on the side of it, and they went to all the games. Uh, fast forward, all the grandkids, and I, I think it's just by chance actually, they went to Auburn. <laughs> so my son, being one of them, actually went to went to Auburn. Um, but then I go from being publisher at the Sun Herald to being president of Alabama Media Group with the responsibilities for Birmingham, Huntsville, Ale.com, and Mobile. And uh, you can only imagine uh, the the commitment we made to cover. The, the football scene in Alabama, unlike anything in, in it, really in the world, really. And uh, we published a couple of books to the national championships. I had the pleasure of writing the forward to those books. And, um, you know, it's it's been something to watch, watch spending time. Uh, I, I had the opportunity to have dinner with Saban once. Um, but, man, he was God in Alabama. But, yeah. boy, there's a lot of celebrating now that he's retired because <laughs> there is a mass feeding frenzy around Alabama as we speak. The sharks are in the water. And for oh, someone no like doubt. you, it's got to be interesting to watch. Oh, I, I love it. And and I, I respect and admire Nick Saban. So what I'm about to say does not mean I do not respect and admire Nick Saban. But as a college football fan – and as somebody that that covers two SEC teams on a daily basis that are not Alabama, I'm so glad that he's gone. I, I'm so happy that he hung it up because he had a, a death grip on the SEC for so long, even though uh, he didn't win the league every single year and he didn't win every championship. But Alabama has been an inevitability and they've been an outlier. There's nothing human about Nick Saban and what he's done there. It was robotic in a very good way. The, the structure the, the buy-in, the players, everything about Nick Saban in Alabama was unique in its dominance. And because he's now gone, I think that there's, there's nobody that's going to fill the void that he leaves behind. I think Caleb DeBoer is great. I think he's going to be great at Alabama, but he's not going to be Nick Saban. And I don't think any other program in the SEC can replicate what he did for two reasons. Because he's the greatest coach of all time, for one, and two— this new era, I don't think, will allow for that level of dominance the way Nick Saban did for almost two decades at Alabama. I think his departure is great for everybody else in the SEC. It brings it brings the the, the top of the league down to the rest of us. It, it's not going to allow for somebody like LSU fans, for example, think that they're going to be Alabama now, that it's their time to step into that role. I don't think that's going to happen. This era will not allow for that, and that is great 
for everybody else in the SEC and great for college football. Have you been following Hugh Freeze very closely in Auburn? Yes, I mean, especially you know, being here in Mississippi, it's hard to ignore. But uh, but yeah, I have, and um, they've got one of the easier schedules in the SEC now with Texas and Oklahoma joining. Nobody has it easy. I mean, you look across the league. The league did a and for far be it for me to give the SEC credit for anything. The league did a really good job at balancing the the schedules for 2024 because they had to blow up the model and start over. And if you look at every team in the SEC schedule, they all have a stretch where you're like, "Ooh, that's ooh, that's not fun." All of them, though, it's very balanced. But Auburn's got a, an easier one uh, on that spectrum. But he, he better win, and he better win quickly because Auburn people think that they are Georgia and that they are Alabama, despite history and recent history and all-time records telling you they're not. They think that they should be. And they're not going to accept uh, losing seasons uh, anymore. And he hasn't replaced Peyton Thorne yet. Looks like he's just going to kind of go into the season with him. But it better happen fast. Those are not patient people over there, especially when you look at uh, what George has done and how Auburn hasn't won a bowl game in six years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's tough. Actually, though, if you look at, he's done a pretty good job of attracting some quality talent there. So oh, it's gonna, you know, he's he's got to put it together. But at least in the early days. Yeah, the the role and the personality of the coach plays so heavily into the transport portal, and then of course, then you add to that the role that that donors and others play in helping fund those efforts. In the early the early stages of all of this, it seems like he's performing really well. But at the end of the day, as you point out, it comes back to what they do on the field, and they yeah. and you know they have to win fast, especially now that Saban's not part of the conversation. Texas, though. Texas, man, you keep reading news about attracting more players. Is Texas maybe building uh, to a place where they're not going to replace Alabama, but they may be a force to be reckoned with? I think they will be. And even though they lost to Washington in the playoff, which would concern me a little bit as a Texas fan, because Washington didn't match up athletically uh, with Michigan, and they did with Texas. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. But, yeah, I I think they are building towards being formidable in the SEC. If you'd have – made this move three years ago. Let's say if, if Texas would have joined the SEC three years ago, they wouldn't have been ready. Physically, uh, culturally, uh, they wouldn't have been ready for this. I think they are now. Sark uh, clearly gets it, and he he's doing it both ways. And this is what you have to do now. He, he's adding good high school players, but they're also getting a bunch of guys via transfer portal. That the, the scheme is really good. They're ready for this. Now, I don't think that they're going to come in and, and go undefeated and win a championship or, or anything this year, but they are far more prepared for life in the SEC in 2024 than Oklahoma is for sure. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue the conversation with Michael Borke. I'm curious about what he thinks about Lane Kiffin having a little bit of fun on social media and how does that parlay to his successes at Ole Miss. We'll see you after this. And now, 
back to more of the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show from the Citizens Bank studio. I have my friend Michael Borky from the Sports Talk Mississippi team. He's really good at what he does. The whole team is, does a great job. In fact, we're going to talk next about, as soon as I have one, one comment about Lane Kiffin, but then we're going to talk about this great debate they had about how do you finance and uh, college football today and whether it's fair to the, the, the uh, fans or not. But, but anyway, Lane Kiffin, interesting to watch him on social media. Uh, I'm sure there's a, there's a rhythm to it from where he's, you know, where he's sitting. Sometimes I can't, I can't make sense of what he's doing, but uh, what's your read on it? So it's, uh, it's fascinating because there are so many coaches in college football, basically every other coach in college football that is so political buttoned up. They've got their tie on their neck really tight and they won't do anything And and Kiffin's just the opposite. I mean, uh, he lets everybody know where he's going at all times. I, I mean, uh, after the season ended, he got on that private jet that they give him to go recruit, and he was letting everybody know, hey, I'm in Bloomington, Indiana, recruiting an Indiana transfer. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm everywhere. He, When Nick Saban retires, he, look, I'm in Tuscaloosa. Here's Nick Saban's statue, and I'm going to go take a defensive back from them. Just the, <laughs> the, the openness is so rare in college football, and it's so much fun to cover because everybody else is so boring and buttoned up and political, and he is – just the complete opposite of boring and buttoned up and political. Lately, he's he's got his eyes set on LSU, uh, reminding them what happened on the field this past year because it sounds like LSU is going to take a uh, an internal staff member, uh, the general manager from uh, from Ole Miss. So he's been reminding them, "Hey, you can you can take this guy from my staff, but you can't take back the loss that you suffered earlier this year." It's uh, it's funny because nobody else does it like this in college football, and it's it's just a joy to cover, honestly. I actually, I actually, I, I like, a, I really appreciate it. It's sort of, you know, not that not that he's anywhere near the status of someone like Elon Musk, but that's the way Elon Musk handles his his uh, tweets. You kind of get that stream at that moment, doesn't give too much thought about it, doesn't worry about what other people think. And it, it is kind of a breath of fresh air in the world that we're in. But you know what? What's interesting about, about Lane Kiffin is that from day one, he really sort of embraced the new rules that are out there. And he, you know, he, he continues to have success with the transfer portal. To his credit, he doesn't like them. That, that's what's so interesting. He openly talks about, hey, this, this structure's not right, guys. Like, this doesn't make makes sense that this is bad ultimately, but if this is what I have to do, well, well then I'm going to do it and, and yeah. I'm going to be better than you at it. So, you know, he does it kind of uh, reluctantly. And you look at somebody like Dabo Sweeney at Clemson, uh, Dabo refuses to adapt. He complains about it and then he doesn't adapt and his team loses. Kiffin complains about it and says, Hey, this is bad, but if you're going to make me do it, I'm going to do it and look at what's going to happen when I do it. It's very interesting. He doesn't like that he has to do this, but but it's what he has to do if he wants to win. Hey, you know what though? It's a great if you're a super intelligent head coach with the ability to understand the chemistry of your players and you understand you know, you have a scientist view toward and a mathematical view toward how all these parts fit together so that you can have a sum of the parts is greater than any single, you know, uh, person. If you're, if you're really a, a brilliant coach, 
then you can take the the transfer portal and really move around pieces. I mean, the science of coaching, you, you can, you can change ingredients on a dime in a way that can help you be a winner fast. And, uh, you know, there's no strategy. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Part of their strategy is, is character. And now you always want good people on your team. Like you, you always want that, but, but in the pre portal era, you could spend years molding a player and, and helping them mature. You don't have that much time a- anymore. And in, in 2022, they, they just got best available player. And they learned once adversity hit, they didn't have a strong locker room culture. And so they went back to the drawing board after 2022 and, and came back to realize we need to focus on what kind of person this player is how how old are they? They, they 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 change their strategy from just go get this talented guy i don't care why he left said program it's let's go get this guy from james madison who's played four years of college football already he's an adult man already so he can come in and you don't have to worry about him being disruptive caden prescorn will miss his tight end as a married father i mean so, so when you add somebody like that to your locker room, they're far more likely to acclimate well and, and understand, you know, sacrifices and being a good teammate in culture as opposed to some 19-year-old who hasn't lived uh, life very much and left his old stop because of playing time and uh, is, is a locker room disruptor. They've changed the type of player that they've added. And, and you look at their portal hall again this year, it's guys that have played eight ton of college football already. That's what they've added. And because of that, it's easier to get them to buy in and understand what it takes to win because they twenty-two year olds. It's twenty-three year olds. It's not eighteen and nineteen year olds. And so the culture in the locker room is better. Hey, when we I tell you what we'll do. When we come back together again in the next couple of weeks, I'll have you back on. I, I really let's have a whole show talking about the sure. transfer portal, the cooperatives, the NIL, how, how much money does it take to succeed today? What does it mean to teams like Southern Miss? I, I don't I don't like the picture that paints for a team like Southern Miss that wants to build a winner over time. But uh, we'll we'll really focus on that and, and and come back to this wonderful debate you and your team had about what does this mean to the fan. And uh, anytime, absolutely. Yeah, we'll we'll look forward to having that conversation. Anyway, Michael from the Sports Talk Mississippi team. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it, my friend. Of course. Of course. Anytime. Have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.